0: Israel and the world. Shalom Uvrachah, beloved. That means peace and blessings. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Marjorie, my love, how are you today? It's a good day. It's a
1: good day because we know God's on the throne. He's going to finish His plan and we're gonna make it
0: through by
1: His grace.
0: What's the most interesting thing that's happened so far in your life today?
1: Oh, I was with my granddaughter and that's a joy. She she said for the first time, she said, she took her food and lifted it up and looked up and said, thank you, God. And that was the first I've heard her speak of the Lord and looking up to Him. It, I had to videotape it, I told her to, to, to thank God again for her food and she did it so I captured it on film.
0: Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> that was beautiful. You know it's an amazing thing the consciousness of God's presence that children have. I mean they're too young to articulate their thoughts but I notice with our granddaughter that when I begin to pray her eyes just like get so focused on me and they're full of love or she'll lean her head in, into, my, into my shoulder. She can't even understand the words that I'm saying most of them, but there's something about the presence that kids just recognize it because they've come right from the womb of the Lord. So um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yes. Jesus said, unless we become as little children, we shall not enter the Kingdom of God. Enjoy today's program. Shalom Racha. We're continuing today, beloved ones. In our study on Messianic Prophecy, this is season four, the second episode in season four. Let's pray. Father God, we ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We ask you, Father, to make deep inroads in our souls. Father, that we would be utterly convinced that Yeshua is the only way to you. And that, Father, being convinced we would have the courage to be bold witnesses in this wicked and perverse generation, we ask it, Father God, in Yeshua's name. Father, I pray that you release not the spirit of life. Father God, that those that are hearing would recognize that Yeshua is not just someone that was crucified 2,000 years ago, Father, that he ever lives. That the same one, Father, that was crucified is living right now. Now, we bless you, King Jesus, and it's for your glory that we pray. Amen and amen. Beloved, I've done so much teaching on this subject. I'm not going to review today. Please go back and watch the earlier episodes. There are so many different colors and types of messianic prophecy, and I've covered those. What we're doing now is we're looking at predictive prophecy. Last week, I was sharing with you the Hebraic concepts of supernatural birth. We know that Yeshua was manifest into the world when Miriam, his mother, Mary we say in English, conceived him by the Holy Spirit. Many of us know the story. All of a sudden the angel came to Mary, told her that she had conceived by the Holy Spirit of God, by the Ruach, the breath of God. And we know that when Joseph, her husband, that she was engaged to, Heard about it. He was thinking of putting her away because such a shameful thing to have gotten pregnant uh, when they had never come together. But the angel convinced Joseph that this was something of the Lord. Joseph married her anyway, but the child that Joseph and Miriam raised, Yeshua, was not a child that came through natural means. It wasn't Joseph's uh, sperm that caused the child to be born into the world. It was rather the supernatural impregnation that took place by the Holy Spirit. Now this seems fantastical. Some would consider this to be too much a myth. But let me show you in the Hebrew Bible, I'm just going to review it with you verbally because I went there last week. Let me show you how this concept of supernatural birth goes all the way back to Avraham, Abraham, who is the father of us all. We remember the story in the book of Bereshit, the book of Genesis. I'm doing a quick review now from last week. How God had spoken to Abraham that through his seed, through his line, his lineage... All the nations of the earth were going to be blessed. You see, God did not choose the Jewish people just to keep them separate unto themselves with no interaction with the nations forever. That wasn't the uh, destiny that the Lord had for Israel, of whom Avraham is the forefather No, God's purpose for Israel was ultimately that they would be priests to the entire world and that the Messiah would come to the world through their line, who would become the Savior of mankind. Let me talk about this again. As we're studying Messianic prophecy, We're looking once again at how through the Hebrew people, beginning with Abraham, Messiah came into the world. Paul spoke about this in the book of Romans, that the Messiah is blessed over all, a Jew. Jesus said salvation comes from the Jews. But what does it mean to be chosen as a Jew? What does it mean that God chose Israel? Does it mean that they were chosen just to be better than everybody else? No. They were chosen to be the servant of the world. Through the Jews, the Scriptures came to the world. This country, the United States of America, was founded on the principles of the Ten Commandments that God gave the Jewish people. In fact, the morality of the Western world is founded and rooted in the reality of the Hebrew Bible. And so the Hebrew Scriptures became the moral bedrock of western civilization. God chose Jewish people not just to separate them so we could bless them and leave the rest of the world to go wherever. No, God chose Israel ultimately to be the servants and the priests of the world, to be a blessing to the world, and so it was through Israel That Messiah came. So God said to Abraham in Genesis 18, uh, Abraham, you're going to bear a child through your wife, Sarah. And when the Lord said this to, to Abraham in Genesis 18, Abraham had already given up hope on that promise because he was past the age of childbearing anymore, as was his wife. But the Lord rebuked them when Sarah laughed when God spoke in Genesis 18, when he said, the Lord said to them, at this time next year, you're going to have that child that you've been waiting for, that you've given up on. Sarah laughed because she knew that she was no longer scientifically capable of bringing forth a child. Neither was Abraham. And the Lord rebuked her and said, why did you laugh? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Is a supernatural birth, Sarah? You know, you think it's impossible for you to have a child right now. And scientifically it is. But Sarah, Abraham, listen, is anything too difficult for the Lord? Some of you might want to mark that scripture The Lord said to Avraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I'm so old? And then in verse 14, is anything too difficult for the Lord? And I want to just, before I go on, just uh, challenge all of us with that word. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Some of you are at a place in your life right now where you're like feeling that you have your last breath of hope that you feel you're just about to drown in hopelessness. Some may be wondering right now, now, am I going to go under? There doesn't seem to be a way forward for some of us. We don't know where to go anymore. We've given up, some of us, on our dreams. But let's remember who God is, and let's remember His Word. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? You see, beloved one, our God is a God of resurrection. He's a God that brings forth life out of death. And so he challenged Abraham and Sarah when they had run out of hope, when their dream had died. And when their dream was dead, he said, is anything too difficult for the Lord? You're going to have the child, I promised you. And so I'm going to move on, but I just want to say to you and I right now, let's always keep that before us, regardless of where we're at in life. There may no longer be any hope in the natural, but let's remember, We have a relationship with the God that's supernatural and nothing is too difficult for Him. And so I bless you right now in the name of Yeshua. May you go from strength to strength. Uh, I I want to just say to you, may you go from strength to strength. As God encourages us with faith, he's supernatural and nothing is too difficult for him. And so the Lord says to Abraham, at the appointed time I will return to you at this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Well sure enough, the Lord, a year later, Sarah had the son Isaac and the line continued, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the line of Messiah continued into the world and uh, Yeshua was eventually born. We read in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. Now, the birth of Yeshua, the birth of Jesus Christ, was as followed. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Miriam as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord to the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates means, God with us. And so it's helpful when some might have a difficult time believing that a virgin could conceive, as was the case with Mary or Miriam, to recognize that this concept of supernatural birth is not something that's new to the Brit Shah, to the New Covenant Scriptures. It's something that's rooted all the way back in the Old Testament, all the way back, beloved, to the first book of the Old Testament, to the book of Genesis, where Sarah, that was way past the age of childbearing, both her and Abraham, close to 100 years old, 90 and 100 years old, and God supernaturally gives life to their organs and brings forth Isaac. And so let's just encourage ourselves that we've got a God that's the God of the impossible and recognize that when Yeshua was born into the world supernaturally by the Ruach Hakodesh, he was continuing the messianic uh, uh, um, uh, river that began with the life of Abraham and Sarah in the giving forth of their son Isaac and that Jesus repeated Israel's history by being born into the world supernaturally and brought it to a climax by not only being born by a woman that was too old to conceive, but being born by a woman that had never been impregnated. And why should not Yeshua's birth be the most supernatural birth at all? In other words, Isaac's birth was supernatural, Baruch Hashem. But shouldn't we expect that Yeshua's birth would be the climactic supernatural birth because he is the most unique being that has ever lived in the world, past, present, and future. And with that being said, we would expect Yeshua's birth to even be more supernatural than the birth of Isaac. So God goes a step further. He doesn't impregnate a woman that's 90 years old by a man that's 100 years old. He impregnates a woman that had never had relations with a man and brings forth the Savior of the world, Baruch Hashem.
1: always amazed at how when rabbi gets up to minister and he begins to minister the word and all of a sudden seeing demonic manifestations just it's not like rabbi was was preaching anything about the demons or, or satan sometimes he'll just sing in the spirit and that will prompt the demons to manifest. I think it's the power of the presence of God that comes down from heaven is what I see. It really descends. It's like a a heaviness from heaven that descends in holiness and that's why we see these demonic manifestations arise up in the people. The demons are within them. The holiness comes down. They cannot stay and so that's why they start coming up. They start manifesting and they need to flee and they do flee and the freedom that comes into these people when they uh, get released of these demonic spirits, there's just tears that flow down from their eyes and, and, and a new joy and a new freedom.
2: Is the Lord leading you to help Rabbi Schneider around the world? From teaching pastors and evangelism to large crowds in Africa, South America, the Caribbean, and more, to preaching and ministering to God's chosen people in Israel, and a dynamic television ministry, discovering the Jewish Jesus is reaching the world for Christ. With your support, you'll help send Rabbi to deliver the truth of God's Word to people who may never hear unless you send him. Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800 777 7835 to confirm your part in helping Rabbi build up believers in their faith and change lives all over the world.
0: Hear what Isaiah the Hebrew prophet said. Therefore, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Matthew quotes that exact scripture in Matthew chapter 1, showing, beloved ones, how Yeshua fulfilled Old Testament prophecies and what Matthew is endeavoring to do. What all the writers of the Brich Hadashah, the New Testament, were endeavoring to do was show you and I how the Hebrew Bible, the Law of Moses, the Prophets, the Psalms, how it all fits together in Yeshua like a hand in a glove. Let's continue this trail. We've looked, once again, at types and shadows. We've looked at how Yeshua fulfilled Israel's history. We've looked at many predictive prophecies, including the Hebrew Bible foretelling the line that Yeshua would come into the world from in terms of his genealogy. We looked at the fact that the Hebrew Bible predicted the supernatural way that he would come into the world, that he would make entrance through a supernatural birth. But did you know? that the Hebrew Bible even identified the city that Yeshua would be born in? Listen to this. I'm reading now from the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. But it's for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And so from Bethlehem, Mike is predicting, one that's going to be the ruler of the nations, one that is, listen to this, from eternity is going to be coming into the world. Let's take a look at this again. But it's for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you One will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. And listen to this. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. It's really amazing to me if we really stop and pause and let this check our spirits. Micah predicted that this one that would come forth out of Bethlehem He was going to have an origin that was from eternity. His going forth, he said, his goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. This is huge. What Mike is doing here is showing us that one is going to come out of Bethlehem whose root is in eternity. Do you know in traditional Judaism, the thought is that the Messiah will just be a man. In fact, traditional Judaism teaches that there is a potential Messiah in every generation. They believe the Messiah will do great things, that will turn Israel back to the Torah. Of course, our understanding of Messiah as believers in Yeshua is that Messiah is more than just a man. He's rather God who clothed himself in humanity. And this is what Micah the Hebrew prophet is getting at here, that this Messiah that will begin his work from Bethlehem His goings forth are from the days of eternity. Now, how do we see this fulfilled in the New Testament? We all know it. Anyone that's ever celebrated Christmas knows it. We sing that song about Jesus coming from Bethlehem. Listen to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. Now, after Yeshua was born in Bethlehem, right? Micah said he's going to come out of Bethlehem this one that's going to come out of Bethlehem, his goings forth are from eternity. What does Matthew do? He goes back to Micah 2, and he says, Now Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod. The king, the Magi, went from the east, arrived in Jerusalem. Where is he that was born? King of the Jews. And then Matthew goes on, and he quotes from the book of Micah chapter 5, verse 2, showing, beloved one, once again how Yeshua is the Messiah, the promised one of Israel. You see, if we don't understand, this is the point, if we don't understand, if we don't have a thorough grasp of how our faith, the Messiah, is rooted in the Word we're going to be like a, a, a branch that just is cast forth in the wind. You know, like, like, a, like, a, like a boat on the sea without a rudder that is just blown whichever way the wind blows. If our faith isn't rooted in the written word of God, we will have no root. It's the word of God that quickeneth. Yeshua is the word. The Word is both that which is breathed into us by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and the Word is also that which is recorded. David in Psalm 19, Psalm 119, he kept speaking of the Word. He said, revive me with your Word. I meditate on your Word day and night. And so if we want to have depth to our faith, we need to do what is spoken of in the Scripture. We need to study to show ourselves approved. And I keep kind of harping on this, beloved one, but if I can share this with you again, there are too many weak-willed, weak-backed Christians that have no spine. And they have bowed down to the power of political correctness. Their spine is gone. Instead of standing straight up for the Lord, instead of being a bold witness, instead of staying grounded in the Word, instead of proclaiming and witnessing to what the Word of God teaches and says, instead because they don't know the Word, because they're not grounded in the Word, instead of having straight spines, instead of having courage, instead of being a light in the world, being a witness in the world, instead of being bold in the Lord, instead what... Their their, their spines gone like this to like this. They have bowed under the pressure of the world. They bowed under the pressure of political correctness. They've come under the mindset of the day that, you know what? We shouldn't push our religion on anybody. We shouldn't push our faith on anybody. But beloved, that's not an apostolic faith. The apostolic faith is when Jesus chose the twelve and he sent them forth. And he said, as the Father sent me, so also I now send you. An apostolic faith is given to us at the end of the book of Luke and the beginning of the book of Acts, where Jesus ascends up to heaven, and the disciples are given the commission to go make disciples of all nations. And they went out into the entire world preaching the gospel, so don't tell me that we should not share our faith with people. Don't tell me that we should not be preaching the Word. Don't tell me that we should not share the good news of Jesus with our friends and family and neighbors. This is the Great Commission. And if we don't know the Hebrew Bible, and if we're not rooted in the Scriptures, and if we're not absolutely convinced that Yeshua is the only only way, we'll never fulfill that apostolic calling. So my hope and my prayer, beloved one, is by seeing how Jesus fulfills Messianic prophecy, your spine will be strengthened. You'll have peace and be His witness. I want to encourage us now to be honest with ourselves before the Lord. Many of us are aware of the fact that we've surrendered to Him in some areas of our life, but yet there are many areas of our life that perhaps we've not yet submitted to Him in. I remember when I was in school as a young boy, they gave us a microscope and they put something on a slide, and we looked at what was on that slide through the microscope. At first we saw nothing, but then when we adjusted the lens and turned up the power, suddenly we were able to see on that slide little organisms moving around. It took the amplification of the lens to be able to see it. Some of us right now are being convicted by the Holy Spirit in the area of our finances. He's turning up His power. He wants us to see that we need to surrender to the Lord and trust him with our finances. Beloved, while we're on this earth, we have an opportunity to do good, and all of us should be sowing into the kingdom for the furtherance of the gospel. If you believe in this ministry, I want to encourage you, beloved, make an offering today. God will reward you for everything that you do.
2: Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com, call 1-800-777-7835, or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com.
0: I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter six, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh Vai irmãre xa Ya eriawe panavela xa Vi khune xa le Shalom. May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by His countenance. And Father God is going to continue His beloved child to give you His peace.
2: Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier.
1: If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven.
2: next time on discovering the jewish jesus learn how understanding messianic prophecy can bring you to a place of greater commitment in your walk with the lord don't miss this exciting episode